0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big 6 Podcast. Happy Tuesday. I'm Will and I'm your host. This is the daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast. If you like it, as they say on HQ, if you love it, don't lock it. Review it. We'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Subscribe, unsubscribe, whatever you got to do. Anything that boosts the numbers. We always like uh, the numbers are climbing as we head towards the pinnacle of the sport, the Super Bowl, and uh, into the offseason. And as we head into the offseason, we're going to talk Every week with my good friend, longtime podcast pal. It's a house cast. Ryan Wilson. Ryan, what's up, buddy?
1: Uh, I'm good. Thank you for having me on uh, two days in a row. Again, this is going to be a thing.
0: Yeah. Um, we'll probably migrate you. Well, it depends on what your, when your mock drafts are, but your new mock draft came out on Monday. You are our CBS sports NFL draft expert. Still takes some use to uh, getting used to to say it, but, but you are. You would be both. You are. You're grinding it. I'm impressed. Uh, we'll talk about Kyler Murray and uh, maybe some quarterback trades, the Steelers landing a replacement for Antonio Brown. But let's hit some news around the NFL first, because despite your status as a draft expert, you still cover the league. Yep, let's do it. <laughs> I should have a sound drop there. It's like, news! Um, Alshon Jeffrey took the blame for the Eagles' loss to the Saints. Do you blame Alshon? Yes or No. No. Me I think either. I
1: said it on the Pixis podcast on Sunday evening. 35 targets in the postseason, one drop. It just happened to be that drop. By the way, if he drops the ball and it just falls incomplete, we're not talking about Alshon Jeffrey. So, yeah, uh, he's part of the reason they won last year. Our buddy and our colleague, uh, Cody Benjamin, will confirm as much. He's a huge Eagles homer. Who-
0: Alshon was like Anquan Bolden Light for the yeah. Ravens in 2012 last year for the Eagles.
1: Yeah, the reasons they lost, like giving up an 18 play, 11 minute drive, that also <laughs> tends to lead to losing. So yeah, nope. He, uh, he is not the reason they lost. Nick Foles is now leaving, or at least seems that way, given the way Doug Peterson gave a heartfelt, you're leaving conversation, uh, after, I think it was on Monday morning. So plan B, and that includes Carson Wentz, who I've always said they should trade and keep Nick Foles.
0: Uh, you think, wait, 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 wait. Do you actually think they should trade Carson Wentz?
1: No, of course not. Carson, I mean, uh, Nick Foles' contract's up. We sort of joked about it. If he made that two roll run two years in a row, that's all you could ask for as an Eagles fan. So why not get all you can get for, for Nick Foles, uh, for Carson Wentz while the getting's good? Uh,
0: they're not going to do that. They're just going to no. let Nick Foles walk. I don't think they're even going to exercise his options for $20 million. No. That would be insane. You can't, you just can't exer- you can't do it. You just can't do it. Um, Jeff Allen. Chiefs player stuck in the snow is helped by a homeless man named Dave. Finds Dave and has given Dave, the homeless guy, AFC Championship tickets. If you were Dave, would you scalp your tickets to the AFC Championship game in Arrowhead Stadium?
1: No, he's a huge Chiefs fan. Apparently, he had helped some other some other people out on on that same Saturday before the game. Uh, he knew that Jeff Allen probably wasn't from around Kansas City because his license plate said Texas, and he was stuck in the snow. And he lives in his truck with his girlfriend and a dog. And uh, it was reported in local news. Jeff Allen found him, and uh, the local news interviewed him. Seemed like a great guy, given that he's on hard times. And also, I think they set up a uh, – I don't know if it's GoFundMe or something similar to to give him – help him get off his feet. So to get up on his feet, I guess I should say. So, yeah, go to the game, enjoy it, and then hopefully good things happen after that. You earned it.
0: So Dave – this is Dave Cochran, and you wrote about this today. Dave <laughs> – I don't. I mean, like I, I, I get it. I mean, but Dave lives in his van with his girl. Lives in his truck with his girlfriend and his dog. So he owns a truck, but he's homeless, and he lives in there with his girlfriend and his dog. How many people could you live in a car with him for how long?
1: Oh, zero. <laughs> insane saying there's, I. No, it just wouldn't work. I would be a terrible homeless person. Uh, I have a tent. I like to camp every once in a while, but. I would bring the tent, make my kids <laughs> stay in the car, <laughs> and the dog would kick at <laughs> the tent. But yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, it's not like it's warm in Kansas City right now. Clearly, they had several inches of snow, so Dave and his girlfriend and his dog are having to kick it in the in the car every night. And they actually showed on the on the local news clip. He has like trash bags over the window. So I mean, this guy's on hard times, and for him to stop and help someone, that's huge.
0: Yeah, it really is. I'm, if
1: I'm Dave, I'm just so angry at the world. I'm not, you know, I'm not stopping for anyone.
0: Wow. I'm looking at this truck now. This is crazy. He really does have trash bags on the windows. I mean, it actually looks like a fairly newer truck, but, um, Jeff
1: Allen guessed it was a 97 or a 98.
0: Yeah. Cause Jeff Allen tweeted out. He's like, if anybody can find this guy named Dave, please let me know. And then Jeff Allen later added, um, update despite the recent influx in people changing their name to Dave in the Casey area. Hey, you people who changed your, acted like you were the homeless Dave that helped Jeff Allen get his car out of the snow. And then tried to claim the AFC championship tickets. You're horrible people. You're worse than the people who changed their Vimbo, their Vimbo tags and, and tried to go and, uh, and steal money from people who were trying to help out Cody Parkey. Man, that's some nonsense. John Elway said Case Keenum is quote, probably a short term fix. We talk, talk more about quarterbacks in the draft, but should the Broncos target one in the draft?
1: Yes. We can talk about that shortly. But I mean, John Elway's track record with quarterbacks. Not, not great. Not great, Bob. Brock Osweiler, second round pick, Paxton Lynch traded up in the first round. Neither one of them are. I think Brock still he played with the Dolphins this year at the end. He didn't actually play terribly. Paxton Lynch didn't play anywhere as far as I know, so he he didn't work out. And he only had a handful of starts before it was clear that he wasn't the answer. Trevor Simeon was a seventh round pick. Chad Kelly was a seventh round pick. Zach Dysert was a seventh round pick. So they didn't pan out, but they it wasn't from lack of drafting quarterbacks. So basically, since Peyton Manning retired after the 2015 season, when he wasn't great. Is the last time they were a real threat to make the playoffs back to back losing seasons for the first time since 72. John Elway's been there eight years. Maybe, maybe he's the problem.
0: Mm, maybe. Does have a Super Bowl though. Um, with who? Peyton Manning, Brock Osweiler. the combo.
1: <laughs> Brock did play that too. Oh right.
0: yeah, he did play. Uh, all right. Patriots Chiefs weather forecast. Interesting story here. Perhaps an Arctic blast could hit Kansas City and create historically low temperatures for the AFC Championship game. Beside the fact, the over under of this game by the way has already dipped from 57, uh, I believe down to 55 and a half is what I saw, maybe down to 55. If you like the over, um, now is a good value time to go chase it because in theory, uh, you know, it won't uh, it'll come back up if the weather ends up missing, probably in the 57 range. Yeah, 55 and a half now. Pretty uh, precipitous decline. Who do you think it helps more if the weather stinks in Kansas City? The Patriots. Oh, really? Yeah,
1: because uh, the Chiefs are at their most dangerous when Patrick Mahomes is allowed to do Patrick Mahomes things. That usually involves throwing the ball. So um, if it's not snowing and there's no precipitation, maybe it's less of an issue. If it's not windy, maybe it's less of an issue and it's just cold. If it's five degrees out there, I, I feel like Patrick Mahomes can still be the same player. But you, you still have to have guys that can catch the ball, and, and that may become an issue. Guys that don't get tight and pull hamstrings and all that other stuff. But I think if they're going to run the ball, the Patriots, like they did last uh, Sunday against the against the Chargers, that favors them, especially since the Chiefs can't tackle anyone unless they're unless they're wearing um, Colts uniforms.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Their defense looks pretty good. Matt, what I mean, it's if, the Colts. What if their defense is just getting hot at the right time?
1: And it's great news, but I don't know why we would expect that. They've been terrible all year. Why now suddenly it took 18 weeks for them to figure it out?
0: Yeah, maybe they were just saving up and waiting to unleash, um, I don't know, uh, 80s. Yeah, Justin Houston and Eric Berry didn't play the last time these two teams met. That's worth noting. Antonio Brown, trade rumors. Jason Lockham said on CBS Sports HQ. You can watch that at cbsportscom slash live. If you like seeing up-to-the-minute draft news and notes, Tune in when Ryan's on. He'll be breaking down all the uh, draft prospects all season long. How many times a week are you doing HQ now?
1: Three or four. Tuesdays and Thursday nights uh, I'm on, so you can catch me there. And sometimes I was on earlier Monday when Kyler the Kyler Murray news broke. So that was around 4 p.m. Mm. So three or four.
0: Uh, and turning around, Jason force said on it real sports news for real sports fans, in case people care. Um and, or, or any fans, non-sports fans. Real news, non, not fake news for fake fans, whatever you want. Just come watch it. Antonio Brown, uh the Steelers want a first-round pick for him. Don't give me that smirk like that tagline was bad, fake news for fake fans. Um, does he want to go to the 49ers, and would that be a good landing spot for him?
1: Joe Staley and George Kittle want him to come to the 49ers. They both <laughs> tweeted in his direction. That's right. They have a ton of cap space. Get Jarek McKinnon, McKinnon back. Is that the thing Yeah, Jarek McKinnon? Yeah. Uh, they get Jimmy G back. Uh, Pierre Garcon isn't what he used to be.
0: Marquise Goodwin yeah. has had a down year, but could bounce back. Dante, Dante Pettis, Pettis is
1: a nice guy to, to watch. George Kittle is sort of the central the the, the central part of that offense, not yep. the passing offense. I no, I'm hesitating because no, he doesn't want to be there because it's a terrible team, and he'll pout. Although you could argue if you throw the ball to him 15 times a game, maybe he doesn't care if they go 0 and 16. So that, that's the trade off. And this, is that something Kyle Shanahan wants to deal with? Is that a headache he wants to worry about in his third year when he hasn't won very many football games? I don't know.
0: That's what Ryan Clark and a lot of the old Steelers intimated is that Antonio Brown doesn't care about what the team does and that he just wants to put up huge stats, get paid, be famous, keep making money. Uh, make sure that business is booming. Show up to training camp in a, in a, in a phantom every year. Act like he, you know, is there to, to grind out a title and just walk away with the receiving yards total and, 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 like he's more TO than he is, uh, I don't know, Reggie Wayne.
1: Heinz Ward, yeah, sure.
0: Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward, please.
1: Team player, gonna be a Hall of Famer?
0: Heinz Ward should not be a Hall of Famer.
1: Well, you can tell Heinz Ward that the next time you see Heinz Ward.
0: Well, maybe Heinz Ward will be on um, the Pick 6 podcast at the Super Bowl. How about that? Yeah, are you going come come to be on the Pick 6 podcast at the Super Bowl?
1: Uh, I'm not booking guests. You're the host. <laughs> uh,
0: I gotta but, fi- I'll find out. I'll check with my booker. I would imagine
1: you have something to do with that. Uh, uh, also worth pointing out, JLC mentioned in that spot on HQ that the Steelers think they can get a first-round pick because his contract is relatively cheap once you uh, get out from under if you're the Steelers. And unlike – uh, Amari Cooper, who the the, the uh, Cowboys got a first round pick, gave up to get. He's 24. AB's 31. But Amari Cooper's gonna have to get paid because he is young and and on the on the rise and had a good season and all that. But AB is a better player without question.
0: Yeah, 22 million dollar, uh, 22.165 million dollar cap hit in 2019, 18.3 million dollar cap did, uh, cap hit in 2020, and then 19.54 million dollar cap hit in 2021. It's not cheap, but I mean, like, I guess, like, be like, we can trade for him, and he's cuttable in twenty twenty one, which is great. Except if you trade a first round pick for him, you don't want him to be cuttable. It's got to be a team that wants can like thinks they can go over the top, right? I mean, like, it can't be.
1: Well, you know, do you know who has the most cap space? The Jets. The Colts. The Colts. One hundred and twenty something million, I think, and that's the floor. But our buddy Greg Doyle, the columnist of the Indy Star, uh heard Chris Ballard talk on Monday and he's basically not, yeah. suggested that. No one AB, he didn't say names, but no one AB, no one Le'Veon on bail, no one anyone that wants to get paid a lot of money. We like the way we're doing things and he's right. They're building that team the right way.
0: Yeah. He also said that he wouldn't, uh, be trading Jacoby Brissett this offseason either, which is, which is quite notable because there would be a market for Jacoby Brissett because there's always a market. Speaking of press conferences, Adam Gase. Did you watch this press conference?
1: I saw Twitter catch a fire about Adam Gase and I thought they were making fun of the fact that he's 39 or 40 years old and has a huge ball spot, which I can relate to, but it wasn't that. It was the fact that he had crazy man eyes. I, he, what was he looking at? Did we ever figure out what was going on?
0: I mean, he looked like someone who had been fed four quad vinte lattes at one time before Chased going. to the Red Bull. Yeah. And then like, and then, and then shotgun to Red Bull and then ate like 15 pounds of amphetamines. I mean, he was look at the, I'll, I will, I will chat you the story right now. And I hope that didn't make a chat noise, but. If you go and look at this, these pictures, I mean, I screenshotted it. Cause my- Have you
1: seen the Twitter meme inclu- uh, with the tacos?
0: No. <laughs>
1: There's a little animated taco on the screen, and his eyes are following the taco around the screen. <laughs> and it makes you think, oh, my gosh, these pictures that you're showing are just – yeah, I don't know what – that's, that's, that's Brian Cranston right before he kills someone on Breaking Bad.
0: It's uh, right. yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable how weird. Th- There's an Adam Gase eyes on Twitter account now. Um, I don't know. I like Adam Gase as a coach. I think he could do some good stuff. This is a weird opening. A lot of Miami beat writers, including our friend Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald, uh, noted that this is just what Gase does, and it's basically his brain um, contorting his body and forcing him not to say the things that are on his mind. Like, what a stupid question that is like what I like, made that face
1: in Miami and he fielded plenty of dumb questions
0: because he was always he would always remember like he did the thing this year where he's like they're like what's up with Ryan Tannehill he's like I, I don't know there's HIPAA laws or something I can't yeah. talk to you it, it was a crazy answer but I, I guess if he says that stuff if he doesn't allow his body if he doesn't allow his mind to say whatever's on his his brain then he goes in these weird contortions the the um The, 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 the movement he made with his head, uh, is just wild. Like he says like, this is very exciting for me, and then does this like, weird like, like twitch up with, with the back of his head. It was very bizarre. I had a buddy of mine, um, text me during the middle of that thing and be like, what the hell is going on with Adam Case? And, uh, and I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a,
1: a maybe it was a hostage video. Was yeah. he trying to send us a message with that's, his blanks?
0: That's what I was thinking too. Maybe it might have been. Um, either way, now I don't want to say not a great start, but not like an ideal look to go up there yes. and, and, and I, he's going to get in a screaming match with somebody.
1: Well, I'll tell you this. He did better than the Bill Belichick, uh, Jets press conference where he resigned <laughs> 12 seconds after he stepped up to the podium. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I'll be right
0: back. Uh, yeah. He did say I'll be right back, didn't he?
1: I don't know. He had scribbled something on a on a no, piece he's, of he's like, loosely paper.
0: I'm no longer the Jets head coach, and was like, "Whoa!" I mean, can you imagine that happening in 2019?
1: Oh Lord, help it us! Was, no, absolutely not. I
0: mean, remember what a big deal the Favre stuff was? Like that, that was like the, the
1: scandal or the no, no, no. the
0: the when he was retiring. Like, oh,
1: right, yeah, that was that was complete and utter nonsense, and it made me angry that he couldn't make up his mind, because it meant that we had to pay attention to it.
0: But, like, we were just starting sports writing back then, right? I mean, like, or, like, professional sports writing, maybe, in 2006? They were
1: following the tail number of the plane that was flying to Mississippi to meet with them that came from New York or came from Minnesota. So, yeah, it was it was nuts.
0: No, I mean, it, was, it came from Green Bay, because it would have been, yeah, it was 08 before he got traded to New York. Um, and like, they were like, as far as going to retire as you can unretire. Then they were following a car back to, um, you know, back to wherever, I don't know. Was, but anyway, if, if, if all that stuff happened in 2019, it would be insane. A surprising hire out of, uh, out of, out of Green Bay, Nathaniel Hackett fired last year in the middle of the season because Blake Bortles and the Jaguars were terrible on offense has been hired by the Green Bay Packers. Which is a pretty good little upgrade for Nathaniel Hackett. That's like you're driving a, a a Honda and you just get hand like you you wreck your Honda and you go flying out of it. And you're lying on the ground next next to the car, next to the beat up car in the road, and somebody pulls up in a Ferrari and leaves you the keys and, and walks away, and you just get to hop in the Ferrari and drive it. Pretty good deal for Nathaniel Hackett.
1: Highly disrespectful to Hondas, comparing Hondas to Blake Bortles.
0: <laughs> that's, that's fair.
1: Blake Bortles is a Pinto, a Hyundai. Like a, like a pre 95 Hyundai, too. The newer Hyundai's <laughs> are actually, they're actually can be pretty nice.
0: Those things do look nice. Those new Hyundai's.
1: Yeah, they tried to fancy him up a little bit. Not too bad. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Nathaniel Hackett got sort of a raw deal. He was sort of the scapegoat when in reality the quarterback couldn't throw an overhand pass. I do wonder what this means for Matt LaFleur, how much involvement he's going to have in the offense, whether he's going to have a completely hands off approach. If that's the case, we'll get an idea pretty quickly of how good he is. And I talked about this last week as a manager because that's basically the, the primary job of a head coach. Anyone can do X's and O's, and we'll see if Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers can get on the same page with that. But Matt Lafleur's job is now to oversee everything and make it work. Mike uh, McCarthy did that for a decade, I guess. I'm not sure how long he was there. Burned out at the end there. So, yeah, that's his task. We'll see how much involvement the flower has with uh, the Hackett.
0: Flower power, man. Let's go. All right. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk mock draft. Technically, before we talk mock draft, Ryan, we should probably talk about Kyler Murray, who uh announced that he is entering the NFL draft on Monday afternoon. He waited until the last possible second. I'm sure you appreciated that as a draft analyst. And uh and then he um he dropped the news that he is he's going to the NFL draft. Do you think he will actually go through with this?
1: Well, he took this step and the A's in the Major League Baseball were scrambling to try to make sure he stayed committed to the A's in Major League Baseball. Sunday, they sent all sorts of marketing people, which seems like a weird thing to say, to, to speak with them. Scott Boris is his agent, the super baseball agent, that reports that he wanted $15 million to stay. He has the $4.66 million signing bonus he got from the A's when they drafted him ninth overall last summer. And Monday afternoon, he said, I'm declaring for the NFL draft. Now, here's the thing February 15th is the start of training camp for the A's for position players. And he will, if he wants to, can report and play with and, and work out with the major league guys, Macy Arizona. 11 days later, you and I will be at the Indianapolis uh, NFL Combine. And I imagine that Kyler uh, Murray will be there as well. Now, he may not work out, but he'll be there to talk to people, face-to-face interviews and all that other stuff. If he's not there, he just said, basically, I don't want to be a first-round pick. If he is there, it's go time.
0: Do you think that Kyler Murray would be a first-round pick?
1: Yes. 100%.
0: Absolutely. Really? you'd think 100%.
1: Yeah. Okay. He's 5'8". I understand that. No quarterback has won a football game. Since the merger, who's under five ten except for your boy Doug Flutie? I understand that as well. But Russell Wilson in twenty twelve he's five eleven. I'm using quotation marks because he's probably not five eleven.
0: Yeah, he's yeah he's five eleven. Like I'm five ten.
1: If he came out in twenty eight in twenty nineteen, he would be a first round pick. If Russell, Baker Mayfield yeah. is a couple inches, three inches taller than than Kyler ran the exact same offense under uh, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma the year before, both Heisman Trophy winners. If you look at their stats, they are literally, their passing stats, identical. Like there's one more touchdown, one fewer interception, and that's about it. Same yards per attempt, uh, touchdowns, uh, inters- uh, interceptions the same, almost the same yard, same completion percentage. The only difference, one's a little bit shorter, but also Tyler Murray ran for 1,000 yards last year. That's 700 more yards on the ground than what Baker did his last year at Oklahoma. If you're okay with that, if you're okay with the way Lamar Jackson was running that offense in Baltimore. And also, by the way, he's not nearly as accurate as Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield. Also, uh, and I talked about this yesterday on the podcast. You don't have to be 6'5 to be, uh, to be able to see over receivers or to find throwing lanes. Look what Patrick Mahomes did with the Kent to underhand pass <laughs> to, uh, to, uh, Travis Kelsey. You're not making that throw if you're Joe, is Joe Flacco making that throw?
0: No, he can't physically he just, do he's that. He's 6'5. Yeah, yeah.
1: Ben Roethlisberger might make it one out of ten times, and that's if he's fallen down. But by and large, uh, Aaron Rodgers makes that throw. Tom Brady does not. Drew Brees makes that throw.
0: Are we sure Patrick Mahomes is 6'3"? I'm not sure he is.
1: Yeah, he may not be, and that's my point. You don't have to be 6'5". If he's 6'1 or 6'2", Dwayne Haskins is 6'3". No one's complaining about his height. 5'8 is an issue, though. I mean, you don't see 5'8 quarterbacks. Uh, You don't see 5'8 NFL players out there unless they're Cody Parkey. So that is a concern. You want to see how tall he is. He's listed at 5'11", I think, but he's probably closer to five nine. He may be listed at 5'10". 175, 180. And the bigger issue may not be his height. It may be his weight. Because RG3 was as thin as a rail, and he took a beating, and his body wasn't built for it. Russell Wilson never takes a huge hit, and he's been able to play since 2012 with it. I don't think he's – he's had ankle injuries, but I don't think he's missed. Has he missed a game? I feel like he hasn't.
0: Russell Wilson has never missed a game, I
1: don't yeah. believe. And he's, like,
0: like, he's never missed a game for injury. I don't think have they ever sat him. I don't. No, he no started, no he he started every single game. He's never. Missed a beat
1: game. Jackson out back in twelve.
0: Nope. No, Matt Flynn, man.
1: Oh god, they traded for him or gave him a big.
0: No, they signed oh. Matt Flynn in free agency, and then they drafted Russell in the third round. Russell beat out Matt Flynn. Uh, by the way, you're Syracuse Orange, potentially about to upset Duke basketball oh, on the road. Uh, Duke's about to dagger them. At any rate, um, here's the thing with Kyler Murray that I'm I'm a little wary of, and I. It, I, I had my spidey sense went off a little bit when I heard, uh, I think it was Ian Rappaport of NFL Media um, had a statement from Boris, or maybe Boris gave a statement to teams where he said, my client is unequivocally playing baseball. There's no question about it. And it was like everyone knew he might. like He wasn't even done playing football in college yet. He still had the playoffs to go. And so it was like crazy to hear Boris say that. And I think what's happening here is uh, Scott Boris is maximizing leverage to get $15 million from, from uh, Kyler Murray, from the A's for Kyler Murray, before he ever sets foot on a baseball field, which would be unprecedented money for the ninth overall pick um, and would kind of blow up the MLB slotting system. It's weird because in baseball, you know, we're like, oh, these baseball guys have these great contracts. NFL players are getting screwed. That's true, but... Your rookie contract in the NFL is guaranteed, fully guaranteed for four years. In baseball, you get your signing bonus, and you might not see the field for six years. Now, there's all different rules about putting him on the the active roster and all these different things. But I think what they're trying to do, I, I think you mentioned this, I, I believe last week, he needs to go do what he loves, right? Yeah. Like that's what he should go do. Figure out what he loves. Does he love football. Does he love baseball. And then and then go do that. Because if he loves ba- if he loves football, let's say he's the tenth pick. He's getting uh 12 million bucks, right? Or if he's a 20th pick, he's getting 12 million bucks. If he's the 10th pick, he's getting 18 million bucks. Um, and yeah, so
1: that's the thing. Yeah. I, I don't know why that 15. Unless he loves baseball, the 15 million seems like a weird, a weird number. And it's also people have disputed whether that's the number or not. I will point right. out this, uh, and and if you're arguing baseball players make are better compensated than um football players, my buddy JJ J. Cooper who works for Baseball America and is a huge uh, Steelers fan and um. Noted this in something he wrote a couple of weeks ago about Kyler Murray, uh, the financial part of it. Um, Matthew Stafford and Clayton Kershaw grew up together. Mm-hmm. Clayton Kershaw is one of the best players in Major League Baseball. Is that right?
0: Uh, that is correct. He's yeah, I don't great. follow
1: baseball, but that's what J.J. said, so I believe him. Are
0: you, are you messing, are you, you're, messing, you're not messing around, are you? I don't follow baseball, so okay, I, yeah, I you knew
1: who he is, he is, but I don't I – don't, Clayton I don't,
0: Kershaw is a transcendent, immediate Hall of Fame uh, – Even
1: pitcher. better to my point. Yeah. Matthew Stafford, no one would say he's a, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Right?
0: No, he's a, a top he's, 15 quarterback.
1: Right. He's replacement level. In 10 years, he's made $178 million. In 11 years, Clayton Kershaw has made $173 million. So if you're split between football and, and baseball, you can make more money as a franchise quarterback in football than mm. the best player, one of the best players in baseball is making at the height of his game. So,
0: Wait, wait. So what's the Clayton Kershaw has made over his career? How much?
1: 173 over 11, according to J.J. Cooper.
0: Okay. And, and, Sta- and Stafford Stafford's is made.
1: 178 and 10.
0: Wow. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about it like that. And let's so not forget that too, credit
1: goes to J.J. Cooper.
0: That's fine. Um, and look, so when Clayton Kershaw, let's do the quick math here. This is a little difficult because you have to go to his wiki page. But Clayton Kershaw drafted by the Dodgers. He was taken. Uh, let's see. He exceeded his rookie limits during the 2008 season. Um he was drafted by the dodgers in the first round 7th overall the 2006 mlb june draft so he spent 2 full years not making anything outside of like you know the the minor so leagues and
1: he only went 3 picks higher than what kyler went in the draft
0: exactly exactly now that the slot system has changed certainly um and he lit up the minor leagues but the point is like if kyler murray goes and yeah, he was bouncing all over the place in the in the minor leagues uh, before he actually uh, before he actually got up there to to the Dodgers in, in two thousand nine or two thousand eight. If Kyler Murray goes to baseball and signs a four million dollar contract, and he spends six years grinding through the minors and never is good enough to make it. He's done. He just won't get a giant contract. And so you have to wait until you get to baseball to the major leagues before your arbitration clock starts ticking. And then you have to worry about going to arbitration, then you have to worry about getting paid. Whereas if you go and get drafted in the first round by an NFL team, you are a you are paid. You're locked in for that guaranteed money.
1: Not only that, you don't have to be even a first-round pick. Mark Sanchez, he's been a first he's a first-round pick, a top 5 round yeah. uh, pick, I believe. Yeah. He's he's earned 74 million.
0: Yes, uh, Mark Sanchez, 74 million dollars.
1: Our guy Blake Bortles, $40 million. Here's one. Chase Daniel, nine-year backup, has earned $28 million. Matt Castle, these are all from J.J. He went to, in, in, as part of his story uh, about Kyler, 14-year career. He's earned $60 million. So, you know, you don't have to even be a starter. You can just hang around for seven or eight or nine years and get paid, and you're, you know, subjecting yourself to the same amount of injury risk as you would playing baseball. But if he, but right, well like we said, if you love baseball, play baseball, and if this is your negotiating tactic, that's fine.
0: Oh my God, Brady Quinn! Our guy. This podcast, I'm looking at all time earnings at quarterback, Brady Quinn, ten million dollars. I didn't realize. You know what's funny?
1: I heard him on. You know, you don't you know,
0: think about it. I, I joked with Brady. On, I'll joke on the podcast. So I'll be like, I didn't realize how rich you are, Brady.
1: Ask him this because I heard him talk about this on Tenell <laughs> and Bell um a few weeks ago, a couple months ago. He had a chance to get an escalator. It may have been like eleven million. For, like playing time and they kept them out Like the just at the at the level Of just below the level of what Would have escalated that uh, in cook. Cleveland
0: or in Kansas City
1: I think it was Cleveland Because it was on this you have to Ask him because that was oh, 07 so the, the CBA Was different
0: I would lose my mind
1: But yeah, double check with him because he and Canal were laughing about it. But that's something you can laugh about when you have ten million already.
0: Yeah, it's pretty wild too. Like Christian Ponder, twelve million career earnings. I know Brady came earlier, but you know, Patrick Mahomes has already. This is how important the draft is too. And like when you see, you know, we 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 always used to joke about the face of the guy who's falling in the draft, and how it's it's not that funny because you're literally losing millions of dollars. You know, like. Mahomes has already made more than Brady, granted the the you know, it's a different quarterback wage scale. But like Josh Allen, fourteen million already. Kyle Bowler, fifteen million. Man, that this old, is wow. yeah, this is a list, right? Jason Campbell made twenty three million in the NFL. It's good in spite
1: of playing for terrible teams. He actually I, I like Jason Campbell.
0: Sure. Drew Stanton, thirty million dollars. Drew Stanton.
1: Mike March said he couldn't throw a spiral when he drafted him in the second
0: round. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Look where that got him. Maybe, maybe Kyle. Maybe Kyler Murray should go to the NFL.
1: Yeah, I think so. That's what he wants to do. I think it would be incredibly exciting. The players I mentioned, Russell, Patrick Mahomes, Baker, Lamar, all make sense. They, they prove that you can do it. No one's done it that's five nine or whatever. But that doesn't mean it's impossible or you shouldn't give it a try, given how dynamic and amazing it is. And Lincoln Riley ran the exact same offense. It wasn't like he had to cater it to a guy who, who, who needs to use a step stool to brush his teeth. So, uh, yeah, I love it. And I hope he, I hope he actually goes to the combine, and I hope he declares for the draft. If nothing else, it'll make the quarterback class about fifty times more exciting.
0: Spot track, by the way, has Peyton Manning number one and Eli Manning number two, Drew Brees no, number three. All three guys repped by Tom Condon. Good for you, Tom Condon. You are doing it right for yourself. Uh, all right, let's talk about your latest mock. Draft. We need some music for your mock draft. I actually wrote down questions for your mock draft, as opposed to just going off on the fly, which is what I usually do. Um, in life, I don't know if you know that or not. Do you have a vanity URL to like a like a CBSSports.com slash Wilson Mock?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Why don't we? We need some vanity URLs in here, man. Come on.
1: Vanity is that like a vanity license plate?
0: Yeah, uh, Syracuse. Here, let me
1: ask you the first question before you ask your questions, because someone brought this up on Twitter, and I think okay. it's a good point. Cardinals pick first. But the uh, San Francisco 49ers pick second. Mm-hmm. They have drafted, not last year, but the three years prior, they drafted uh, interior defensive linemen in the first round in each of those drafts. The 49ers? Yep. Yep. Solomon Thomas, Eric Armstead, and uh, Buckner, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. To varying degrees, they have not been great. Okay. to, to Mediocre is probably the best way to put it. Yeah. Would no, you?
0: Buckner's very good.
1: Okay. They haven't hit on all three. How yeah. about that?
0: Solomon Thomas has been a bust. Would you, mm-hmm.
1: as the 49ers, with the second pick, if the Cardinals take Bosa, are you taking Quentin Williams just because he is the best player?
0: It's a tough spot. Uh, I don't know that you can. Uh, when you, when you, if, you're, if you're just looking at it, that's, that's a great question. Like You are hoping that the, Car- that the Cardinals take Quentin Williams, and they're not going to.
1: Um, uh, look, man, he is so disruptive. Yeah, and you're is. picking number two overall. That means you have the thirty third, 34th pick. You can double around and get.
0: Now, they do put Solomon Thomas and Armstead at, like, out on the edge as their edge rushers. I, mean, and, I think
1: 49 fans would tell you that's not okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I mean, like, Solomon Thomas is really more of an edge rusher than he is an interior rusher anyway. I thought that at least coming out of college. Buckner's been a beast against the run. You could, I think, yes, I think you can do it. I, I, I don't think your defense is there to the point that you were guaranteed success with your defense. Um, you know, as the 49ers, that the, I think it's fine to say, all right, this Quinton Williams kid is, is a destroyer of worlds. We feel good about where we're at on the offensive line, and I, I would assume that they do uh, at least feel okay. Joe Staley's old, but they drafted Mike McGlinchey with their first-round pick last year. Uh, they traded for Weston Richburg. They have signed Lakin Tomlinson. Um, you know, we feel pretty good about wide receiver and, and running back, of course, quarterback and tight end. You know, we need some help in the secondary. But why not? Let's let's take Quentin Williams. If he's the best player on our board, I I think you can take him.
1: Yeah, no, I think so, too, because I've I've had 49ers fans tell me both that no way we need to get an edge rusher. Josh Allen's been mentioned and he could very well go second overall. Sure. But I, I feel like Quentin Williams, you take him second if he's there. He immediately is a disruptive force every play. Swing back at thirty four, get your defensive end if that's what you want, or sign one in free agency. People are talking about Clowney. I wouldn't pay Cal- Clowney the money he wants, assuming he doesn't get franchise tagged. But Demarcus Lawrence is that something you consider? Because maybe he might have even come cheaper than, than Clowney. So you got to sort that out. But that's certainly
0: if Demarcus Lawrence hits free agency, and you know, I think the Cowboys will pay him or tag him again. I don't. I, don't, I think he's expecting to sign with the Cowboys. I don't, I don't think he believes. I don't think the Cowboys will let him walk. Um, he's gonna he's gonna want twenty one million a year too.
1: Yeah, no, no, that sounds about right. So you can t- circle back at the top of the second round, get a guy much cheaper than that, obviously, and find talent. After the first three or four defensive ends go off the board, they're a little clump closer together in terms of their what you should expect of them in terms of productivity. So me, I'm I'm all in. I feel much more comfortable with Quentin Williams at two than I do with Josh Allen at two, even though I like Josh Allen a lot.
0: Uh, your number six pick. Kyler Murray to the New York football Giants. Uh Do you think Dave Gettleman would actually draft no. Kyler Murray? I don't either, but it makes sense.
1: You we did. talked about it last week, and we can circle back to the number two pick after this. But here's what I said this last week, and I'll say it again.
0: Is this Did you do this just for traffic? It's okay. It's just me. You can, you can admit I was accused
1: of that on Twitter. Uh no, no, were you really? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Hey, there's always one that says, oh, this is just clickbait or whatever. But th- this is my thinking with t- the Giants taking him. Number one, a quarterback went before him. Uh, the team traded up for him. We can talk about that in a second. But, and Gediman won't do it because we know that he seems okay with Eli Manning. And he's very conservative, and he'll take a uh, a left guard. Uh, Where does Hernandez play? He'll take a right guard. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. Kyler Murray, Odell Beckham, Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram. Hmm. How is that not more exciting than what you did this season with Eli Manning chucking and ducking for 16, mm-hmm. 16 weeks?
0: I, I'm I'm with you, man. I, with you. I I love
1: it. And people are like, "Well, he'll take a beating. He may, but you sign some offensive linemen, draft a few more. He, by the way, he ran for a thousand yards last season. So at Oklahoma, so he's fleet of foot. He's one of the fast. He would be one of the fastest players in the NFL. Just make sure he gets out of bounds. I think Pat Shermer is smart enough and a, and a good enough offensive coordinator to be able to deal with that. And you can. You saw what Lamar Jackson was able to do and he cannot throw the ball down the field. They <laughs> went six and one. He ran for 700 yards in seven games. He ran for, he ran for 695 in seven games. Yeah. So, I mean, and Kyler Murray is one of the best deep ball throwers in college football.
0: Yeah. He's a much more accurate passer than Lamar Jackson.
1: He completed 69%. Lamar Jackson completed 57 or 58% I think at Louisville last season. He completed about 58% at Baltimore and a lot of those are shorter throws. I think uh let's see Baker completed 71 or 72 at Oklahoma and um in a 63 or 64 I think it is is rookie season. So, yeah, he can complete passes.
0: Yeah. Uh Lamar was um 57% for his career at at Louisville and 67.4% for Kyler Murray, who was another transfer to Oklahoma, by the way, from Texas A&M. Um he completed well, I don't know if you count. Yeah, 69 percent in in his junior year. There's not a chance he goes back to Oklahoma, is there? No way. He right?
1: can't. Now, when you declare for the draft, oh, right, right, right. right. Never mind. Yeah, you're I'm, done with that. I'm
0: an idiot. Sorry. Carry on.
1: Well, I mean, you, you know, it, the, the rules change all the time. So,
0: well, I was thinking from like the baseball perspective. Until he declared for the draft, he could have gone back, even though he's being drafted and being potentially being paid.
1: He could have gone back and kept the four point six million. He wouldn't have had to pay it back. Pay it back.
0: Right right, right, right. and the and, yeah. the and the they would hold his rights, but they would they wouldn't get a draft pick back if they lost him. All right, you have two more quarterbacks going in the first round, or is it three more? Did I miss somebody? I think look at number two. Number two. Oh, you have. Oh, goodness gracious! You have the Jacksonville Jaguars trading up to get Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State. Uh, that would be bold.
1: So this saves the 49ers from the, the dilemma of having to take one in Williamson number two. They stockpile picks and they can do whatever they want. Uh, and, and, that, that, and
0: that's exactly what they did with the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky, too.
1: Yeah, so, right. So uh, Jaguars desperately really need a quarterback. We've talked about how Tom Coughlin is very traditional and he likes the guys to be um, have uh, experience and all that. Dwayne Haskins only has one year of experience, but he was, he was impressive. But he's much more, I feel like, in the mold of what, what Tom Coughlin will be looking for, much more so than Kyler Murray, even though Kyler Murray might make A lot of sense in Jacksonville. Warm weather, Mm. run all day, uh, make the people around him better. I don't know if he makes Leonard Fournette better or not.
0: (laughs) I think all running quarterbacks make all running backs better.
1: Well, yeah, you got to want to play, though. So assuming he wants to get out there and experience that, absolutely. But Dwayne Haskins, I love Dwayne Haskins. He's still my number one quarterback right now. That may change as we go through the process, but he won't drop below two, and that's only uh, next to Kyler. Kyler's height may be the sort of Mm. impediment. But you don't want to look back in three years and go, Golly, I was worried about some guy being 5'9 instead of 5'10 and, and that, that's why I thought he wasn't as good as he was going to be. Uh, but that's I love doing that, Haskins.
0: Yeah, that's how you get burned on Drew Brees and, uh, and, and, uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, your Syracuse Orange going to beat Duke in overtime. Excited oh, stuff. Yeah, stuff. I don't,
1: I can't name one person on Syracuse's team other than Jim Beheim.
0: Uh, me either, but they're up 95-91 with 6.4 seconds left and shooting free throws. That game is excellent. That game is so yeah, job. I have
1: Jacksonville trading up, uh, to solve their quarterback problem, uh, in hopes of solving it anyway because we know that, Blake Bortles is not the answer.
0: Um,
1: going to have two more quarterbacks going, which is uh, I haven't had four going in a while.
0: You have four. You have four going total, right? But Kyler mm-hmm. got added with this rendition of the draft because you didn't have him in there until he declared for the draft.
1: No, no, I, I wrote this on the hopes. I wrote the Sunday night on the hopes that he was going to declare, and uh, I had a backup version ready to go if he changed. How many? Mind.
0: How many picks did you change if Kyler didn't come out?
1: I would have the Giants taking. Jonah Williams, the left tackle out of Alabama, which mm-hmm. they would certainly need. Sure. Um, and then I had, I think, the Redskins. I had another pick ready to go. I have to look it up. I can't remember what it was. I would Oh, no. I, I had, I'm sorry. I had the, the Bengals taking Yodnik adjust the left tackle out of, out of West Virginia as opposed to uh, Jonah Williams, which so, he he fell to
0: 15. Says a lot about your organization and your, your uh, expertise that you were able to do two mock drafts at one time. All right. Denver taking Daniel Jones at number 10. Do you like Daniel Jones?
1: I like him a lot. Uh, he sort of, <laughs> I joked with our buddy Nick Costas on uh, Sportsline last week that he reminds me of Kirk Cousins if Kirk Cousins was athletic and had a good arm. <laughs> so, you know, every, all the good things you want Kirk Cousins to be, I feel like Daniel Jones is that. And, uh, he played on a Duke team that went to a bowl game, but they weren't very good. He had a lot of receivers drop passes. The offensive line was okay. I don't know if you happened to watch the UNC Duke football game. I'm sure you didn't because you, you don't like either one of those teams. Uh, but
0: next, I, I did. I think I watched. It was a shootout.
1: Duke, Daniel Jones ran. For that, 186 yards in that game.
0: I watch it. I watch it. Yeah, I watch it. That's that.
1: one of my favorite stats of the college football season. And uh, But he, he, he's a David Cutcliffe guy. We know about that. Eli Payton, that connection, and that connection with Eli, with um, John Elway. John Elway's saying that Case Keenum isn't the guy. Um, so all those things sort of add up that they're going to be looking for a quarterback. Now, John Elway loved Justin Herbert. He was at the uh, Oregon games this year. Justin Herbert went back to Oregon. And next year's draft class you know, on paper looks fantastic. So maybe he's willing to wait out one more year. But if they fall in love with Daniel Jones, he'll be at the Senior Bowl next week. Um, maybe they take a gamble on him. I think ten might be too high, but they took, or, like I said, they took and Lynch in the first round, took Brock Osweiler in the second round. That was clearly too high for both of
0: them. Uh, you also have the Redskins trading up to eleven to draft uh, with the Bengals to draft Drew Locke out of Missouri. I don't know if you remember this, but I believe the Jaguars traded up to eleven with the Redskins to draft playing Gabbard out of Missouri.
1: Ooh. Well, let's hope it works out better than that. <laughs> I, I like Drew Locke. He had a strong finish to the season. Strong bowl game. In the final seven games, he played really well. Uh, like 11 touchdowns, one interception, something crazy like that. But the three games before that, all losses, he threw one touchdown and five picks. And a lot of it was like one of the games was against Alabama. You're going to lose that game. I understand. But a lot of the throws were like, okay, this reminds me of why Jay Cutler made people so angry. He can throw the ball through the wall. And you appreciate that, but you make stupid mistakes. And the big thing with Drew Locke is his footwork gets sloppy. He's great on deep balls. He's terrible. Not terrible, but he's suspect at times on short throws. And you're like, well, clearly you're a fantastic athlete. What are you doing? And I think if he's focused, he, he's great. The issue is that Austin Redskins organization is not focused. So he's mm. going to a complete and utter clown show. And you would hope that Jay Gruden can focus enough to, to coach him up. But who knows with the way that operation's going.
0: Part of the concern, too, like do you worry about Locke's scheme at all? Because you watch it, you watch it play, it just feels like dudes are running, I mean, wide open. I get that, I, I get that it's like that in college for a lot of teams, but I mean, it just feels like he's not facing it. I mean, most of the time not facing a ton of pressure and just winging it down to some guy that's streaking open in the middle of the field.
1: Yeah, well, Emmanuel Hall is actually a guy to watch. He was their sort of uh, go-to wide receiver. He was injured for part of the year. I think he's going to be the, at the scout at the um, senior bowl. I'm pretty sure he's going to be there, and he's he's explosive. So he could be someone that could sneak into like the second round or something. But yeah, no, that's a fair concern, and that's a translation you have to figure out if you're a, a scout or a coach or a GM. But the thing is, as you point out, all these college offenses are, are wide open, and mm-hmm. the, now the NFL teams are figuring out how to incorporate that into making them successful with their, these young players. All the more reason – that's why Freddie Kitchens and Baker worked out so well. And that's why whoever gets Keller Murray is going to have – be looking to have that sort of success. And I think given the – you know, he sort of – Drew Locke checks all the boxes. He's 6'4". He's 220 or whatever he is. He's big and strapping and all the other stuff. You can worry about the, the offensive stuff if he checks all the, the measurables, even though I think we're sort of going away from that.
0: Um, at the cornerback position. You have the first guy off the board. This surprised me to number eight to the Detroit Lions. Not Greedy Williams out of LSU. The consensus, I think, consensus number one pick, but instead or number one cornerback, instead you have Byron Murphy out of Washington going out. Is he your top corner on your on your draft big board?
1: Yeah, he is. It's close, but he man, every time you watch him, he is balling out. He played out of his mind in the conference championship against uh, Utah. Had a pick early that was sort of fortuitous. It sort of bounced off uh, someone's helmet or something. He caught it, pick-sixed it. At the end of the game, he had a huge pass breakup to seal the game. He is, I mean, you know, to use the scouting term, he mirrors receivers as good as anyone in, in the in uh, college football. And uh, he can tackle. He can come off the, off the end and blitz. He's more of a cover three guy. But you feel comfortable with him out there if you're a team desperate for, for a cornerback like the Lions are. Matt Patricia still has a job. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I He's my number one. Greedy Williams, I told you this earlier, he reminds me of Justin Gilbert at Oklahoma State. The way he's built, long and sort of muscular. Uh, he went top ten to the Browns in 2014. He was drafted before they took Johnny Manziel.
0: Oh, yeah. He was drafted like, before they took uh, Odell Beckham. And Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Odell went like Aaron 11 Donald or something. I think, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And – he didn't work out. And I remember watching him in college thinking, okay, I understand the physical part of it, but he's not doing anything. Here's, now,
0: the, here's, the, here's the list of guys drafted yeah. immediately after. I'm going to list them in order. Where did he go? What, eight? He went eight, followed by Anthony Barr, Eric Ebron, Taylor Lewan, Odell Beckham, Aaron Donald, Kyle Fuller, Ryan Chazier, Zach Martin, and C.J. Mosley. Wow, Browns. That's a, that's a swing and a miss. Yeah.
1: And then you doubled down with Johnny Manziel.
0: Yeah, but uh,
1: Greedy Williams is not justin gilbert he just physically he reminds me of him, the way he's, he's tall and lanky and fast sure uh, Greedy williams is when he puts his mind to it can be really really good sometimes he gets lazy and sort of his technique and sometimes he looks like he's not interested in being out there and maybe he's not maybe he's thinking about the nfl or maybe he's thinking about playing alabama when that game comes up or whatever and he'll get he'll be a first-round pick and it's just a matter of him getting his mind right and i'm not saying he's a going to be lazy or he's not interested in football it's just, it's just the things watching him play i was like huh Byron Murphy doesn't do these things, so I like Byron Murphy, and that's, he's one, and, and Greedy's two.
0: By the way, the, uh, the Washington freaking, uh, football program is DBU, man. They crank out defensive backs left and right. I, I worked out one time, uh, Elijah Molden, who's a sophomore there, his dad is a trainer, and I worked out for him one time, but he used to be a defensive back. And, and you worked
1: have, out for him? You're trying to be a cornerback?
0: No, 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 he he was like a trainer for a workout session I did, but he was. uh We were talking about. Oh, is he the- from North Carolina? No, no, no. It's a whole long story. I think it was in Houston oh, actually. Um. Anyway, he uh he uh, flying in
1: for workouts.
0: Uh, what's that?
1: They're flying in for workouts.
0: No, no, no. It Was at the Super Bowl uh, a few years back, but the.
1: Um, oh, was that the breathalyzer thing you were doing?
0: Uh it's something similar, so similar stupid thing to that. But like, but his dad, but his dad was an NFL quarterback. But like, if you look at the list of guys who have come out of Washington, it's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: the the Falcons. Cornerback, uh, what's his name? His brother Desmond, played Seattle. Desmond Trufant. Yep. Yeah, yep. Desmond's brother, Marcus.
0: Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. Um Okay, I also wanted to ask you about, <laughs> you you, know, you point out that the Steelers get Antonio Brown's replacement. While true in that they add a wide receiver, I don't think the wide receiver that you gave them, Calvin Harmon, is necessarily an Antonio Brown replacement, right?
1: No, he's not. He's completely different. He's more...
0: He is completely different.
1: He's more Anquan than yeah. Antonio.
0: Yeah, that's right. But Kelvin Harmon, of course, from NC State, a total stud. I think Absolute a, a lock in the first round. I've had him in the first round since before last year, just like I had Bradley Chubb, but nobody else did. No big deal. Uh, and Harmon, I think, will be... I think he could even be the first wide receiver off the board. I wouldn't be stunned if he was.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of debate on whether it's going to be D.K. Metcalf, who I love, but he got hurt. He had to yeah. leave his season in October because of a neck injury. He declared for the draft a month later. So he thought he was healthy. It'll be up to the NFL teams to, to decide that. But he is insanely good. And there are actually a lot of similarities in my mind between Metcalf and Harmon. I think Metcalf might be a little faster, but they do a lot of the same things. They're big receivers. They can beat single coverage. They're great, as Mike Tomlin likes to call it, combat catchers. Uh, they high point the ball. They can run slants. They, they're muscle up against anyone. Uh, so there are a lot of guys like that. There's, uh, these two, Harmon and Metcalf. Uh, there's J.J. Arcega-Whiteside at Stanford, who's a big guy whose parents played basketball. I think his dad played in Spain. Maybe his mom did, too. I've literally seen him post people up on fade patterns in the end zone like he was getting a rebound. So, um, there's that. Who's the other? Oh, and Keel Harry at Arizona State is another big guy who reminds me of Anquan and Juju. So you can go down the line. And then, you know, the fast guys like Marquise Hollywood Brown, who is Antonio's cousin. It would be fantastic if they drafted him and, and traded Antonio. But um, I would love Harmon there. Take the pressure off Juju, uh, who's going to get double teamed now. Should AB leave? You hope James Washington, their second round pick last year, works out. He uh, he was apparently lights out in training camp and then turtled up. And once the season began, probably been yelling at him. Um, but <laughs> right, you, need, you. you need three receivers. So even if Juju and James play well, that ain't going to cut it.
0: Right. Uh, I like that. I like that fit. I think he ends up going earlier. Then the Steelers are picking, although, I mean, obviously they're picking fairly, you know, 20th overall. We thought the Colts were a target team for them. Uh, you know, but they're not picking until 26th now. Uh, I, I, I don't know. yeah. I mean, I can see it maybe even going to the Browns at 17. You have DK Metcalf going there. I don't think the, by the way,
1: to- it's a stretch of the Steelers take a wide receiver, but I, I like it just for the, the Antonio Brown factor.
0: Right. Great, great for the traffic. Great for the clicks, right? Clickbait, baby. Clickbait. The Bills need a wide receiver, too. You have them taking Ed Oliver. What, what do you think Ed Oliver's floor is in this draft?
1: The concern is his weight. He's like 275. He's a so big he's, boy. He's 10 pounds lighter than Aaron Donald, if you want to compare him to Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald's probably a completely different player if he weighs 275. Maybe 15 pounds lighter than Aaron Donald. Um, but when he's on, you he, he can't block him. The thing is, Quentin Williams is better than he is. Yeah, no doubt. So, and that wasn't the case two months ago, two, three months ago. It was Bosa, uh, Oliver, no question about it.
0: I and, mean, there was buzz about Ed Oliver winning the freaking Heisman this year, which was just stupid.
1: He got hurt. He got the shouting match with Major Applewhite about puffy coats, <laughs> which is fantastic. Major Applewhite since gotten fired. Um
0: Fired by but, Army, by the way. Army beat, uh, the guy named Major, who never was in the Army, got fired by, because Army beat him so bad.
1: There you go. So, but I, I think he can be. He, he's a top fifteen pick. He's probably a top ten pick. I think he's going to be. Uh, the question is, can he hold the puck for sixteen games? I don't know that way. Do you move him around inside and outside? He's probably better. He's almost certainly better inside. Um, that's the question with Rashawn Gary out of out of Michigan. Is sure. he better inside or outside? People always say he's a top five pick, and you watch him play. And John Harbaugh had uh, Jim Harbaugh had him playing inside a lot. Or outside a lot, excuse me. And his pass rushing moves didn't blow anyone away. You move him inside, he's a little more dynamic. So that's whatever, whoever drafts him has got to figure that out. But, uh, Ed, Ed Oliver is going to be a really good football player. It's just a matter of can he hold up? Can he put on weight? And will he be the same dynamic player if he gains 10 or 15 pounds? And I'm imagining he probably will be.
0: All right. Give me, uh, I know I want to ask you about Noah Fant, tight end out of Iowa. You got a uh, Fant going to number 19 to the Tennessee Titans. Give, uh, Marcus Mariota another weapon alongside Johnu Smith. What do you like about Fant? What have you seen out of him?
1: He's the best athlete among the tight end class, and this tight end class is stacked. Uh, his, really? His, oh, yeah. His teammate came out uh, on Monday, too. T.J. Hawkinson announced. So both of the tight end, um, Iowa tight ends are coming out. Early, Earl Fant was, two
0: early entrants out of one school.
1: And Noah Fant was not targeted as often as he should have been, given how good he is. Hawkinson got a lot of looks as well. So Hawkinson uh, could be a second- or third-round pick. Um No later than day two, I feel like Uh, Noah Fant is extremely athletic. He can sneak into the first round. He's an Evan Ingram type. Uh, He's not someone who's going to block all day for you. But Delaney Walker's 34 years old. Johnny Smith showed glimpses of being good. But if you want want someone to step in right away and make that offense more explosive and that's what it needs, Noah Fant, you know, he makes some sense. So he's going to be fun to watch because – that's where the NFL is going. I mean, you still have blocking tight ends, Rob Gronkowski, which is sort of a weird thing to say. Jeez, dang. But it's move, that's what he is. But you're, they're moving towards these athletic guys. And another guy who I feel like is going to go into the Steelers, not the Steelers, uh, the Patriots, speaking of Gronkowski, Irv Smith Jr. I talked about him last week. Alabama tight end, 6'3", built like a – I think I called him a, a brick poop house last week, and that's exactly <laughs> what he is. But he's fast, great hands, runs crazy routes. And that's someone that fits right in. Nick Saban guy, the Saban to, to Belichick pipeline fits right into what Bill Belichick likes to do.
0: By the way, uh, on the Fant thing, that's worth keeping an eye on too. So I mean, he finished the year with 39 catches, 518 yards and seven touchdowns. I mean, that's not a uh, eye-popping stat. 19 touchdowns in three years. Really, 18, the 18 touchdowns in two years is what really catches your eye. Uh, but only, uh, 78 receptions over those three years. But then you go back and look at George Kittle. Who was at Iowa for four years? Do you know how many? And it's okay if you don't. Do you know? How many I know. Res-
1: And he was a fifth round pick or whatever. What is it? Fourth round pick.
0: Uh, he was a fifth round pick. Do you know how many catches George Kittle had in four years at Iowa?
1: I'm gonna guess fifty.
0: Forty eight. He had forty eight catches. George Kittle. I think.
1: I think he tra- uh, tested off the charts in the, the spark rating or whatever and that was a big part of his – the athleticism was a big part of the draw for the 49ers, but there were people that will tell you that they thought he should have gone much higher.
0: George Kittle had 43 catches in his rookie year and 88 catches for 1,377 yards last season. Imagine him with A.B. Right, but I mean, my point is more like, are we sure that um, – what's What's his his name? name? Uh, Not Kirk Herbstreet. Oh, Todd McShay? No, who's the damn uh, Iowa coach that always gets an extension?
1: Oh, right, yeah, uh, uh, Kirk, uh, it is Kirk. Uh, look at it
0: real quick. <laughs> oh, it's my fault. I thought I should, if I hadn't, if I hadn't mentioned, I, I make fun of him all the time because he, uh, Fer- Ferenc, Kirk Ferrance. Yeah, there he is. He gets He's an extension other, every year. Dog. He didn't, he didn't win anything. He's never won anything. He wins like eight or nine games a year. He's set for life. Um, you know, he, eight, eight, nine. Won 12 games in 2015 and lost the Rose Bowl. Never wins a bowl game, a big bowl game. Just never gets an extension. Always gets brought up for for jobs in the NFL. Never leaves. He doesn't know how to use the tight end, and, and apparently he can't use George Kittle or Noah Fant. All right, give me a, but that, that I think the comp is interesting because Fant's stats shouldn't be a big red flag, I don't think, given what we saw from Kittle in college versus what we saw from Kittle at the NFL. Uh, give me one player who crept into your first round mock – this week, who we should be keeping an eye on.
1: Nasir Adderley. Who? Uh, I talked about him last week on, on Sports Line, maybe two weeks ago. Oh, good. I, thought you were, I thought
0: you were going to say on here. I was like, oh, man, I definitely didn't even hear that. No,
1: no. But uh, he got some buzz late in the season. Um, and he's out of Delaware, so FCS school. A lot of people obviously don't know about him. But uh, he's going to be at the at the Senior Bowl and uh, former cornerback plays safety. The issue is, is he going to be heavy enough? I think he weighs probably 195, but the expectation is that he's going to be a blazer uh, once he gets to the combine. Um, not afraid to take on bigger blockers, not afraid to put his nose in it, like running downhill at the line of scrimmage. Can also cover. He plays a lot of zones, so we didn't see a lot of sort of man-to-man concepts. But he can play uh, in the slot based on his cornerbacking uh, hit background. And, you know, he does all the things that you want your cornerbacks to do or safeties to do in 2019. So I think he's going to get a lot of uh, attention. Safety class isn't very deep. uh, deep. Deontay Thompson out of Alabama is the number one guy, and um, he's a completely different player. He looks like he's probably 6'2", 6'3", super long, covers a lot of ground. Jaquan Johnson out of Miami is another guy who's built more like Adderley that's going to have to – Prove that he can, he can um, at that size be able to hold up uh, over 16 games. But he's the guy that's going to be fun to watch. He'll be at the Senior Bowl. There'll be a lot of talk about him there, I'm sure, especially if he gets red hot and, and you know lights a few people up.
0: All right, Nasir Adderley, I love it. Ryan Wilson, draft expert. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Wilson CBS. Check him out on CBS Sports HQ and go read that mock draft. We'll talk to you next week, buddy.
1: Adios.